0: Welcome to Cover Stories, the podcast where we talk to musicians we like about music they love. I'm your host, Eric, and every week I invite different artists to cover a song of their choice and discuss what it means to them. This week we have Bryce and Matt from The Yellow Roses taking on Tom Petty's Listen to Her Heart. In addition to discussing Petty's influence on them, we debate the nuances of Van Halen versus Van Hagar. Bryce and Matt discuss the first time they met. We talk about some California punk and some East Bay hardcore reminisce about our first shows and bryce explains his beef with a certain member of metallica believe it or not it's not lars The yellow roses just released two singles on spotify that are available for you to hear be sure to check them out there and instagram at the yellow roses underscore and as always if you enjoyed this episode rate us and subscribe this is cover stories Alright, um, welcome to Cover Stories. Uh, my name is Eric. I've got my producer here, Zach. Hello. Um, if you this is your first time listening to Cover Stories, the basic premise of this is we bring bands on. They do a cover of a song that they really like. We talk about that song, why they decided to do it, and then we go from there. Uh, today, I've got the um, Yellow Roses on. I've got Bryce, and then I've got Matt. Hello. And uh, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh it should be fun. They will be covering um, "Listen to Your Heart" by Tom Petty, which, uh, according to Rolling Stone, was the fifth best Tom Petty song, according to one of their lists. Well,
1: they would know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Y'all agree with that, or do you feel like there are other ones, or w- what made you decide to do this song?
2: Uh, I don't know. I love Tom Petty. He's, like, he, he's got he's got deep cuts that he doesn't uh, that nobody really knows about or gets underplayed, and uh, but every song by Tom Petty, if you ask me, is a hit.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it's a burner. But, you know, Matthew and I, like, part of determining, like, what you're going to play is what do you both know. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, what what music store were we at?
2: Um, we were here in San Antonio. We were at, uh, Robot Monster.
1: Robot Monster. Go there. But, yeah. Go there, uh, yeah. Uh, I was picking on some guitar there, and he came and sat down, and, uh, I don't know. One of us started it out. And we both knew it, and our the harmonies kicked in, and our voices clicked. We're like, "All right," you know. And so, and that's so, been in the repertoire ever since. Yeah,
0: yeah. After that, uh, I went home and I was like, "All right, I'm going to learn this." Yeah. Awesome.
2: But
1: so. it's a rad song.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely gets overshadowed by a lot of his other songs, and. It's one of those, when you first told me you were going to do it, I had to think about it for a second to remember what it was, and then I'm like, oh yeah, like, yeah. It, it's it's kind of a breath of fresh air, because I think American Girl is like one of the best songs of all time, and I don't think I've ever heard a bad, even bad bands doing covers of it, I've never heard a bad cover of it, because I feel like it's just a good song to begin with. Mm-hmm. As much as I would like you like to hear you guys do this, it's cool to hear other, like, like oh yeah, Tom has got like a million other songs that are really great, too. Yeah.
1: Oh, hell of a good song.
0: Hell of a good song. <laughs> Do y'all remember uh one of the first times y'all heard it or
2: Um I had to be out on the road probably. I mean that's that's when I listened to a lot of music, uh being out on the road, hanging out with uh Cody from the Rich Hands and just listening to Tom Petty constantly, listening to different things constantly and listening to our heart was on there and I don't know, listening to the lyrics I was just kinda like, Yeah, that's pretty relatable. I mean
0: yeah. To me, at least. Do you know what it's about? Oh, yeah. Ike Turner and all that?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's about, yeah. It's about Ike hitting on his lady. Yeah. I'm just saying like, it ain't going to happen, bro.
0: <laughs> I've read because I, I remember doing a little research on it and just uh, hearing first about, like, the Ike Turner connection and that, you know, he was hitting on her. And then I heard there was this, the, the story was that she went to, like, a party of his and, like, he tried to, like, lock her inside the house or something.
1: That was one of his moves. <laughs> he was a smooth guy. But, uh, yeah, I yeah I uh, started playing that song, and I was like 22. Oh, yeah. I was in a biker band out in the desert, Biker Larry and the Black
0: Rope. That's, that's a good name.
1: It was all right. You know, like, they're like, yeah, we're going to be called Biker Larry and the Black Rope. You want to know why? I'm like, oh, no, don't. <laughs> you know, they're about to say something I'm not going to agree with. You know? But they're like, no, there's an infomercial <laughs> And uh, on the infomercial, it's like some kind of Bible stomach cleanse. And once your intestines clean themselves, what comes out looks like a black one. <laughs> and that's where they got their band name. And I was like, okay, well, that's not as bad as I was thinking, so that's fine. All right. And uh, we used to play that song in that band. And Biker Larry got me into Tom Petty. That's like, awesome. He he would put him on, but he put on that Bogdanovich documentary. Uh-huh. Five hours later I had like a new favorite band you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting hearing about Like a lot of artists talk about Tom Petty Because he kind of transcended Like over 30 years He had new fans every decade yep. And like I was reading about Dave Grohl After after Kurt killed himself Tom Petty asked him if he wanted to be The, the, the drummer for his band And he turned it down And started Foo Fighters and, you know, you see Tom Pitt, I think a lot of it has to do with in the 90s, he had these really great music videos too, but I was listening to a podcast after he died and that th- his last show, you saw the biggest age range of any show you've ever been to people in their 30s, 40s, 50s and, and above. And it's really cool. You don't see a lot of artists like that, especially today that have Smart. that kind of pull. Yeah.
1: You know, he was, I mean, not as. Like, uh, easy to see it as, like, David Bowie, Madonna, people changing with the times, but, like, he was cool, he was smart. In the 70s, he was doing some cool stuff. He, You know, with uh, Damn the Torpedoes, they almost invented that 80s drum sound.
2: Yeah. Then they started getting all
1: synthy and drum machiney at a certain point, and it's cool, you know, it holds up, but... It was made to kill at the time. Wildflowers was toned down. It was ready for the nineties. Yeah. You know, like everything he did was really smart and then like in the later albums, it's going really rootsy, just playing cool stuff, so he didn't look like it wasn't age appropriate. He wasn't running around in Yeah, nuts, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was just always smart about what he did.
0: That's a good point because I mean, no matter what he did, it always felt genuine. It felt natural. I, I didn't feel like exactly like you said. It didn't feel like he was trying to hang with the kids. He was just doing what he did, and the kids just happened to like it. Yeah, I agree with that. And he made it
2: so he made it seem so easy too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and it, it was cool to see like after he after he died, I think the University of Florida. There's a, a football game, and they were singing Won't Back Down. Yeah. And it kind of blew my mind, because I've been a fan just because, like, my dad got me into, like, you know, classic rock when I was younger. And I didn't realize he had that kind of pool. especially... I mean, I know he's from Florida, but to have, like, kid... 2000, was it 2017 when he died, right?
2: Uh, yeah. So,
0: t- 2017, to have a, a a stadium full of college kids singing one of his songs was pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I went to... Uh, his concert on that last tour, man, that was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. I, I, maybe the amaz- most amazing thing.
0: But is, it, is that your top show of all time, you think, for you? Right now, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. I, that's what I, a lot of people I know who have seen him say that he's definitely their top three or top five, if not the number one. Yeah. I had a friend in, in college. We went... Uh, our freshman year was oh six oh seven, And he played ACL in 06 And I had a friend Like stand through like three bands Because he wanted to be front row for Tom Petty nice. I said it was worth it
2: <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would do it if, if he was around I would stand like that Yeah I wouldn't, I wouldn't care <laughs> I wish he was still around But hey, yeah. rest in peace
0: That was one of those debts Him and Prince dying gear back to back Just fucked with me man It just uh <laughs> I, I I never really reacted to like a, a celebrity death the way I did those two. And to have it like almost a year apart exactly too. That was rough. <laughs>
1: well a yeah. lot of people were dying around then. A lot yeah. of awesome people. It was a drag.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh what are some of your other favorite songs by him? do you have a top five or top three? By Tom Petty? Yeah. <laughs> uh
2: <laughs> I
1: mean, Love Will Travel. That's my number one favorite. That's on uh the last DJ album And then uh, Scare Easy It's like a mud crutch song Yeah You know Scare, Scare Easy is an awesome song
2: There's still a lot About Tom Petty That I don't even know Yeah, um, yeah I, I've kind of like Only gotten so far In his albums And I kind of like Had to get away from it Because I was like This is overwhelming It's yeah. too good <laughs> uh, Let me take a break And listen to something else I don't know I do that a lot With a lot of different people um, But long after dark oh, yeah? that whole album solid and i think that's the one that has uh uh what's the hit off of that uh change of heart no not change of heart it's like the <laughs> third track on that album i want to say it's won't back down no it's not won't back down <laughs>
0: we'll come back to we'll come back to that we were talking last episode we need to get like a stat person just to like remember stuff that we can't remember in the yeah. middle of the podcast get your phone out. isn't that what producers are <laughs> for <laughs> um yeah i think last episode we could not remember the name of Folsom Prison Blues and i we were yeah. so embarrassed afterwards yeah. <laughs> like, how do we not remember that name um but yeah i think that uh you know uh, you we see a lot of these these artists and um it, it's always fun one of the reasons i started this podcast is because i i feel like through covers, I discovered older bands. And, and I, I know some people like to talk shit about cover bands and covers in general, but I think that it definitely brings people into that more. And this is, that's one of the goals of this podcast is to, to get somebody who maybe is a fan of your, I feel like anybody who's a fan of yours should also be a fan of Tom Petty already, but just in case, you know, just like, Oh, like I heard heard yellow roses cover the song and then go deeper into that. And um, do y'all have any type of favorite covers or of any, any stuff?
1: Like for us, or like. Just,
0: you know, uh, famous covers or cover, what? Famous
1: a- covers. Well, you know, everything that Joan Jett ever covered, she did it better than the original. Yeah. Like, uh.
2: I was just listening to a cover by Phil Seymour. He did Surrender. Oh, yeah? A, a Tom Petty song, yeah. Oh, okay. I had thinking, yeah. uh. Not too Trick, trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, sorry.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, uh, not, covers are cheap.
1: great, you know, like. If you could do it, make it sound cool, like cover that shit. You know, I heard Velvet Revolver covering uh, Oh no. Yellow. <laughs> and I see what they were trying to do. <laughs> but I don't think it's that cool. You know? <laughs> but like Guns N' Roses doing knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah. Bob Dylan, like he wrote one of the best songs of all time, and the version he did was cool. But Guns N' Roses is like, no, let's let's work this shit up. So uh, you know, I'm sorry. Can I cuss? Yeah, for yeah, okay. sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So Guns N' Roses, they they killed it and Live and Let Die. Yeah, Guns N' Roses does great cover songs.
0: Yeah, Um I have <laughs> someone was talking shit about the Spaghetti Incident, and I think that's an underrated <laughs> yeah. album, man.
1: It is. I mean, it was a weird choice, it is super weird. Yeah. Like you know, they made weird choices yeah. as a band, and that that album came out and like, all right, it's a cover album.
0: That's cool. I think there's what some people who don't realize it's the cover Yeah, well, either. yeah, because you
1: don't know the original. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird.
0: We're talking about Guns N'
2: Roses? Yeah. Well, we're talking
1: about, you know, and we got, let's say we got a 10-year age difference, you know? So, like, my experience, I and mean, I thought that was goofy-ass cock rock when I was a kid. Yeah. I like Nirvana, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we got different experiences with
0: this. Yeah, for sure. Mads- I, Mads I don't have old- any... Experience with it. I don't know anything about everything.
1: Anything I about. like. He's like, oh, my dad likes that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like Matt's got an old soul, though. I think that. Oh
1: yeah, he does, <laughs> man. But he's filling in the the corners. You know, he he still hasn't That's gotten really yeah. into GNR. Yeah, like he doesn't have a Van Halen tattoo yet. <laughs>
2: Bryce has a Van Halen tattoo.
1: Okay, I got a Van Halen tattoo. So for for <laughs> okay. for like
2: a whole month, Bryce and I were sending each other back videos of us playing like that last part of Eruption from Van Halen, <laughs> the tapping part of Eruption. Yeah. yeah, but obviously Bryce nailed it. I was just fucking
0: around. So I, I feel like I don't need to ask this, but you're you're Van Halen over Van Hagar, right? Or there's nuance to it, right? I feel no,
2: like- no, no. Can uh, I just say something about that? I think that whole. That whole, uh, I guess, discrimination against Hagar started with Joe Dirt. You think so? I feel like even before that. I mean, uh, it like, it, it became a real popular thing, especially with our generation, because Joe Dirt was like, I like Van Halen, not Van Hagar, the Def Leppard.
1: That's when it got real for you. That, that's no, when it got like, real for me.
2: I didn't care before. You know, from 5150,
1: there was, there was a line drawn in the dirt. When I was taken, and when I was a kid, I was a punk rocker. I didn't. I didn't like cock rock or metal yeah. or, you know, lesser than punk. <laughs> but uh, uh, my driving instructor, he just got me in the car and he just put on Van Halen. And we drove around Riverside, California, listening to Van Halen. And he's like, yeah, man, like when these guys broke up, it was like my parents got divorced, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, OK, like what? Like, but how do I drive? You know, like, <laughs> but that was my earliest Van Halen, man. <laughs> You know, fast one. forward, you know, and I got I got really into the Halen, and but I like Van Hagar. Yeah, I don't love everything they did. Like anything they did with with Diamond Dave, including like the latest album, I love that shit. Oh, yeah, but uh, with Sammy Hagar, I don't like one hundred percent of the stuff they did with with him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like all of the fifty-one-fifty album. It's tits I love that album You know uh, You know And then They got a couple Like good tracks
0: Yeah It's funny Cause uh, you, you know Chuck Klosterman The writer mm-hmm. So he was doing A book uh, signing in, in Austin When I lived there And I have a friend Who's Van Halen Like across the board He loves Van Halen Van Hagar, like he loves everything. Mm-hmm. And he asked him that question and he started laughing. He was like, Well, Van Halen, obviously. And my friend kinda like sighed. And he kinda like changed, he kinda like backpedaled a little bit, like started kind of like explaining like the nuance between the two and, and how different it was. And I think that you're right. I mean, I know it's started before Joe Dirt, but there's definitely like a stigma now that like that, I think I think that it just became
2: a popular yeah. opinion with uh like even if you don't know anything about Van Halen or yeah. Hagar, like Oh, Van Halen, you know, (laughs) because somebody saw this movie star say it, and and it was funny. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) They
1: lost some danger when Diamond Dave left, and it got a little more safe. Yeah. Got a little more, you know, they found a great formula. They made tons of money. They wrote great songs. But the thing about Van Halen is they, of all bands of all time, are the best bands with cover songs. That's true. Like, their cover songs are insane. They're Pretty Woman. Yeah. yeah, they're dancing in the street. They're like, you know, they got two huge you really got kink me. songs. Yeah. yeah. Like their covers, they're an amazing cover band, you know, and they were bigger hits for them than a lot of their <laughs> own material, which is amazing. Yeah, but a
2: lot of bands started out doing covers like that.
1: Yeah, and yeah. they were just like, yeah, we'll still do them. We're keeping them in the fucking set.
2: Yeah, the Rolling Stones started doing covers. That's all they played was covers. Yeah. They just
0: recently did a cover they haven't done in a while, right? I, was, I, was, I can't remember the song. No, I don't know. Oh, um, because, yeah. But yeah, you know, you really got me. I had no idea it was a kink song until (laughs) I was like 16. (laughs) And I heard like this other version. I love the kinks. I mean, Victoria is one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, that also has some good covers, too. Some people do good covers of that. But uh, Van Halen completely transformed it to the point where I'm like, like, (coughs) these old guys are doing this van halen song like my dad was like no it's actually the other way around uh. but yeah it's it's a uh, it's it's pretty cool to see that you know and 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 i don't think that i mean van halen or van hagar was probably a little bit more serious but i think people think that translates into they were less fun and i don't think that's the case necessarily because uh you know hagar's kind of i don't want to say he takes himself too seriously but he takes himself more seriously where diamond Dave is just out there like well, having a good time you know <laughs> sure
1: yeah, well, yeah, he was a little more stationary. Yeah. He wasn't doing, like, split kicks off yeah. the drum riser, you know? <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was an established artist before he was ever in the Halen. Yeah. Kicked a lot of butt with Montrose. He was already the Red Rocker. I don't
2: know anything
0: about Montrose. <laughs> you got to get into Montrose, man. I always associated him with, associated him with that uh, the heavy metal cartoon because he has that song, Heavy Metal. And that's always been the first thing at that, and like I can't drive sixty-five or fifty-five. Yeah, <laughs> 55. that's
2: well, the only 65. song I know by him. I <laughs> other than that, I don't really care. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe there's more to learn. I mean, there's always more to learn about all these artists, you know. But yeah, just finding the time and the interest. So yeah, I'm not saying Sammy Hagar's terrible. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know. I don't the know. Red Rocker. <laughs> the Red Rocker. I don't know what, about what, him. What What is uh, a <laughs> What is what was his new band
0: with that? Uh, oh, Chickenfoot with Satriani and yeah. <laughs> oh you man, Chickenfoot. <laughs> I had a I had a girlfriend uh,
2: years ago, and I went over to her house, and her her dad came up to me, and he was like, "You like rock and roll, right?" And I was like, "I was like, yeah, I like rock and roll." And he was he was like, "Check out this Chickenfoot album my got." <laughs> <laughs> And it was just a picture of that guy with the book. Or, uh, I don't know, man. It was it was a crazy. crazy <laughs> yeah. thing And I, I, was like, yeah, that's great, awesome. Let's <laughs> let's listen to it right now. And you know, he put on his uh,
0: his big entertainment system in the living
2: room. You now that goes
0: <laughs> rocked out for a little bit. Um, is interesting because um, I, I like his guitar style. It's very like I don't know. I like Servo and really cool. Um, but it's, I think it's the funny thing about him is that like when Coplay came out with that, that one song and he's just like, oh, they're ripping me off. And then some like Argentinian band came out like, well, no, actually both you guys are ripping us off. Mm-hmm. I think it's a real cool contrast between that, him and bringing back to Tom Petty. Cause there's a lot of songs out like, uh, what's that, that, uh, Chili Pepper song, um, uh, that pretty much is last dance with Mary Jane. And Tom Petty was just so cool about it. He was not, like, he was not trying to sue or anything, and he was just like, you know, it's it's a song, you know?
2: Well, I, I I thought uh, Tom Petty sued somebody, right, like, right before he died. Uh, it was like... It was like Ed Sheeran, or... or Ed, it was one of
1: these, like, one of these people that are very successful, but I don't know anything about them, and I have a bad memory.
2: Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. <laughs> It's like Ed Sheeran, or, uh, is it James Blunt, uh...
1: It was just some non entity. It could have been Jack Johnson.
0: I don't know. Uh, just like someone yeah. that
1: we don't need to be like name checking right now. <laughs> yeah not worth it. <laughs> Check I mean, the
0: facts. even like uh, the strokes last night sounds like uh, American Girl.
1: It's got a the lot. beat.
0: Yeah. But, but
1: man, that thing was like revolutionary when yeah. it came out. You know? It's just like, yeah, it's a hell of a good beat, you know?
0: And I feel like he acknowledged that. You know, he, he seemed to have that. There wasn't a divide between, you know, I see a lot of these older artists who feel like you know kids these days and, and shit like that and I never got that from Tom Petty. I feel like he kind of just let people do what they did even if it happened to sound like one of his songs.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, he he's on the same side cuz he does American roots music and yeah. so a lot of music he does yeah. it shares a lot of commonality with previous arrangements. Yeah. And uh you know, whenever he would actually push it, it was just when it was a little too close. Like, you got a chord progression and a melody yeah. going into a very, like, you know, very similar chorus. All right, that's that's a little too close. You know, like in American Roots music, there's a lot of cross-pollination. Yeah. You got three, four chords max, you know, and only so many melodies you can put on that, you know. And in the end, we're all ripping off Willie Dixon. <laughs>
0: So, you, you grew up in California? I did. Were you yeah. into a lot of like California punk or?
1: You know what? I guess so. Like, when I got into punk, it was like Green Day had just gotten really big. Oh, you know? yeah. It was, like, it was like 93, 94. But like before that, it was like Nirvana. Yeah. You know? Jamie and I were just young rockers. Yeah. <laughs> James, my wife. She's in here just chilling. You know, there's a whole bunch of dudes and like one just foxy lady just chilling in the corner. Buck naked. So uh, <laughs> just kidding <laughs> She's terrified right now. She doesn't like it. Alright, so uh yeah, I liked you know, I liked Green Day, they were fun, you know. But then uh the Sex Pistols. Before that, like I came home from school one day and my dad he had all these records out on the floor. He's like, Boy, sit down. And uh <laughs> and he put on Ramon's mania on vinyl and I was like, What the fuck is this? you know? And he's like, Yeah, listen to the words, you know, like we ain't got no friends, no Christmas cards to send, dad likes men. I was like, I don't know why you're telling me this, but like, cool, cool, you know? And uh
2: he said, listen to the dad likes men part.
1: Well, I mean, he pointed that out, and I just, I'm just remembering, you know, I mean, for some reason it really sticks in my memory because it's like hearing about the Ramones the first time. That's yeah. like mega, you know? And uh, then the Pistols. And then, uh, you know, it was the Clash. It was. I really like social distortion. Social oh, yeah. D, that's some SoCal punk. Like, that shit was bonkers to me. But like, stuff like the germs and black flag and that stuff doesn't do much for me really it it, it seems if it sounds boring to me you know like i like good melodies good riffs a lot of anger i like i like the good sound and stuff but like everyone like "Ah, Like, that doesn't sound cool to me i don't want to hear that you know
0: (laughs) it's my, my favorite thing about the germs is that belinda Carlisle was their first drummer and she went off to do that 80s pop song uh heaven on earth yeah yeah that's I, I that's like, to think about <laughs> I love their
1: cultural relevance yeah. I like the whole scene yeah. I like all that kind of stuff but like if I'm gonna put something on my stereo it just ain't gonna be that because like musically yeah it does nothing for me you know but culturally I like the cool scene I like yeah. X you know yeah X I was, I was gonna cool bring band. them up yeah you know but X was wild you yeah know? and I like you know I liked a lot of East Bay punk I liked all the stuff on lookout records as a kid
0: yeah, I uh, I think I, I, Green Day, you know, for all their mainstream success, one of the things that I feel that they don't get enough credit for is backwards discography. When you get into Green Day, like, oh, what's Lookout Records? And you go from there to see, and I mean, I got into, like, Bands like the Groovy Ghoulies and, yeah. and bands like that, you know, from listening to Green oh, Day yeah, for the first time.
1: Groovy Ghoulies tattoo. Oh, no shit. This mommy right here, I got that at a Groovy Ghoulies show that's like, cool. back in, like, fucking 97. No shit, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, bought it from Kepi, you know? Oh, one yeah. of those S-Brit, yeah. like, drawings. He did the album covers.
0: That's badass. Yeah,
1: it, it was my first tattoo I got when I was 18 years old. It was a fucking Groovy
0: Ghoulies tattoo. That's cool. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I, I was... You guys can't. Oh, you guys can tell by listening to me, but I'm cool as fuck. But like,
0: <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't quite as cool back then. You know. <laughs> I think it's all about you know growing pains and like going going through the you know the the ranks of it. You know, I, I feel, and that's one I think we talked about this with with another guest previously. This like. This generation of kids now are so accepting. It's it's kind of cool to see that, like you know, to see the stuff that we had to go through. Like we weren't cool at the first show we went to, and now when kids go to shows for the first time, everyone's like warm arms, you know, welcome arms, and like letting people into the scene and stuff. And it's really interesting to see that kind of dynamic and how much it's changed.
2: Yeah, yeah, I felt that way when I was a kid (laughs) going to shows. What was your first show? Do you remember? Shoot, my first show, I don't even. No, I don't know. Maybe like Warp Tour. Yeah. Watched, watching some emo bands. Yeah.
1: You know, I went to the warp tour, it was punk. <laughs> Back in my day Warp Tour was punk.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was probably like two thousand four. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I was there. Yeah, were you? Probably. <laughs> See the funny thing about uh me and Zach and so Zach is my cousin. For the longest time we didn't know. But we were cousins. We just kind of hung out together. It was interesting. And then uh, rest in peace your grandpa. But we we showed up to the same funeral. And I was like, what are you doing here?
0: (laughs) This isn't a party. What are you doing? Yeah. It was cool. I feel like that's just a a repercussion of being Mexican in South Texas. (laughs) Texas <laughs> I had a, a neighbor that I same situation I lived next like we lived down the street from each other we saw each other at the family reunion we're like we're like fourth cousins oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. at least you should go in there and finding your girlfriend uh,
0: yeah, yeah. shit, you know? <laughs> definitely could have been worse yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember your first show oh yeah uh, this was
1: I think it was like 1996 uh got really into social distortion. My dad Uh got me into them, you know? And so right after that, he bought these tickets to go to this thing in like Northern California called the BFD. And it was like some radio station concert. And it was fucking bad. Like a whole bunch, like tons of bands playing. Like the headliner was The Cure. Oh, wow. But we all went to go see Social D and they played a great great set but it was it was fucking 96 so like the squirrel nut zippers were there <laughs> uh blur played like they had just came out with their self-titled album so oh, wow. they did, like song two and yeah. it was like oh yeah you know uh fucking erasure was there but yeah the whole day i'm seeing all these people like you know with like black eyeliner and like <laughs> cr- crazy hairstyles and uh You know, just looking really molested as children, you know, and uh, I was like, man, who are they here to see? My dad's like, they're here to see the cure. I was like, man, the cure must be like metal as fuck, you know, and uh, by the time the cure came on, I was like, what is this? You know, like I wasn't expecting that. I didn't see those going together, you know. Yeah.
2: The eyeliner and the the music.
1: Yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to be some rowdy stuff. You know, like I didn't know like Goth likes to cry too. You know, I thought we, you know like Goth likes to do a lot of things.
0: Yeah, you know, in the dark, <laughs> I like to do a lot of things that we don't know about. Nah. That's funny. I, I had kind of a similar situation with. I used to be as a kid. I used to think the Misfits were scary. And I actually like listened to one of their albums. I was like, "Oh no, this is really like just fun."
1: Yeah, it's Sci-Fi Ramones. Yeah, you know?
0: it, yeah, it's cool. Sci-Fi
2: Ramones. It's horrible, like you know? it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's
1: cool stuff.
2: Glenn Danzig.
1: Glenn Danzig fucking rules, <laughs> man! Like we're gonna cover some Danzig. <laughs> I'd, Isn't that first I'd love Danzig, to hear Danzig that. record? <laughs> oh man, it's just so groove oriented. <laughs> it Sounds like just some pissed off Jim Morrison. <laughs> that's, like, a kid. that's a kitchen. That's yeah. Like Danzig, you know, he's had a. Pretty cool career, but yeah. his first record, that's on weekly rotation for my wife and I. That's our, like, let's go kick some fucking ass. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> stuff, you know? Kick
2: down fences.
1: Kicking down some fucking fences.
2: My brand new single. Check
0: <laughs> Bryce Weight," Bryce single. fucking <laughs> That's cool. I mean, um, so, with Yellow Roses, you guys play, What would, how would you describe your sound? Just... Driving towards a rock and roll sound. Yeah. Power pop. Power pop. Yeah, yeah. We,
1: you know, we went with what was natural to us and we both got some range and we got different tastes. But I met him. I'm jumping around, but it's going to come back as long as you guys remember to repeat all this to me. <laughs> uh, he came into my store. I got a store in Fredericksburg called Texas Jack Wild West Outfitter and we sell any and all things Wild West. Matthew comes in, my wife like points him out to me because Matthew has like this Keith Richards haircut <laughs> and a nose ring and he wears relatively tight jeans. <laughs> and uh and you don't see a lot of like true blue rockers in Fredericksburg. Or I like <laughs> I, I had never seen any, like he's introduced me to a lot now, so it's like, all right, cool, you know. But uh Jamie points him out. I'm like, all right, so I go up to him and I say, Man, tell me you live around here and you play bass. He says, uh, well, I play bass, but I don't really live around here. I was like, well, where do you live? And he says, I live in San Antonio. I was like, fool, you live around here. So, you know, uh, I took him to the gun counter and I, like, played him, like, an hour's worth of my music to try to, like, just close the deal. Oh, yeah. And he was game, you know? And uh, what we realized early on, like, I'd talk to him about something and he'd be like, Yeah, well, you know, I like Phil Seymour. I'm like, why do you know about Phil Seymour? You know, like, what? You know, how does some cool dude out here know about Phil Seymour? You know, I I come from a place where everyone has, like, you know, there's a list of records you need to listen to to be cool, you know, and they're not necessarily my favorite records, but, you know, people know about them, but I wasn't thinking that some whippersnapper out in in Texas is going to know who Phil Seymour is or a lot of these cuts, you know, and where our tastes overlap
2: the most. Oh, I I remember exactly what you're talking about. We we were at your house at the ranch, Mission Concepcion, and uh, we were recording one of my songs. You wanted me to go over and record a song, and I said... I said uh, I was really inspired by Dwight Twilley, and he looks at me and he says, "Dwight fucking Twilley, <laughs> how the fuck do you know about Dwight Twilley?" <laughs> it's like Twilley don't mind. <laughs> no, that, that's that's the rest. Are we going back into uh, how or what we're? Yeah, yeah. We so about what we sound like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well,
1: that so that's our sound is where our tastes overlap. Like he has a sound, I got a sound also. He's in a couple amazing bands. Yeah. And, I mean, like two or three of the bands he's in, I'm petitioning to let them just let me, like, just play a little guitar in the back, you know? <laughs> got my own stuff. I got a car, you know? I'm responsible. I'm <laughs> jam cars. with you guys, you know? But uh, we got a certain sound. We got a certain chemistry together. I like the way our, vo- our voices blend, so we do a lot of harmony stuff. And then we favor hooks, melody, big beats,
2: all about the hooks, hooks all yeah. about the yeah. hooks.
1: Yeah, like I don't like playing. The, I mean, I guess like sometimes it's fun to play some boring ass shit. Yeah. But most of the time, I like to take it and turn it to like a minute and thirty six second pop symphony. You know, like yeah. that's that's my attention span right there. And so we work towards that. You know, and then I kind of like sewing a little bit of undercover Van Halen.
2: <laughs> oh, but it sounds great. It's it's okay. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: Our shit is pretty good <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cool man I, I I didn't know how you guys met, and I think that you don't hear a band starting out that way anymore. I think it's such a natural like cool way like there's a lot of serendipity involved, and yeah, it's awesome, yeah. you know usually uh, it's like oh, well, I entered the ad and on Facebook, and that's how we started you know <laughs> yeah i've
2: known I've known Bryce for a little over a year now since since we first met, and so you know I feel like we bonded a lot over that of her music of course and like you know he, he invites me out to his house and I see Jamie him and his wife and they're just so cool so <laughs> nice and welcoming and you know I feel like uh one problem that we have here in San Antonio is that a lot of people aren't cool or like they don't want you to know what they're up to or they uh just kind of like close the door on you and then that they don't want to be your friend, or I, have always felt like that. People, oh, yeah. people in the scene, or whatever you want to call it,
1: competitive it, man. That's a cool thing. It's, it, cool. it's
2: competitive, it, sure, but I mean, we can still be friends.
1: No, no, no. see, <laughs> it, like I like, I like competition. I think it makes people work harder. You know, like there's a lot of like regions where stuff sucks because there's no competition. You know, so there's no reason to work hard. There's no reason to excel. You know, like I like being in a band with Matthew. He'll he'll like send like a really cool song to me, you know? It's like I just wrote this and it's like, fuck, oh, this is really good. And I'm like, all right, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to write a song that's going to make you feel like shit. And he does. I don't. But, Seems, you know, I me. try to, you know. Sends
2: me a 4-minute solo. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, yeah, you need to you're singing too much on your song, bro. Yeah. Like I want to take that second, you know, second verse and just shred ass. Yeah.
2: He's like, well, can you do this? And just vibrato the whole way through. (laughs) You can't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. I mean, I like what you said about, you know, a minute and a half pop symphony. Because this this Tom Petty songs, what, two and a half minutes long? It's a really short Tom Petty song. And you don't realize it's that short because it just feels perfect. Oh, yeah. The timing is just perfect. Yeah, Yeah. it's just
1: like boom, boom, boom. It's got like almost a disco kind of drag to it, you know? Really cool, regimented solo, you know, like, cool little parts, great hooks, great melodies. Tom was a master at it. Yeah. And by, like, you know, like, first, second album, those are, like, really, really, like, it's it's back when there was a little cross-pollination with Tom Petty and Punk, you know? Yeah. It was, but it was more based on that, like, stiff records thing, you know? Yeah. Like, Elvis Costello... Yeah, style of punk, which you know is not punk, but you know it was it was confused with that for a while. Yeah,
0: yeah. like kind of like the the post punk. It's like m- it, it, mid level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: You know, like it was pub rock. It had some urgency. Yeah, it was you know, it was cool, vital shit. They had to introduce a little bit of that into the mixture so they could make a lot of money.
0: Yeah, and now <laughs> we got the
1: police. You know, we got Elvis <laughs> Costello. We got. Graham Parker, who do you, Marshall Crenshaw.
2: Marshall Crenshaw.
1: Marshall mother-freaking Crenshaw. Yeah,
2: I wanted to do, uh, not not for the uh, podcast here, but I, I wanted to do a uh, cover of Marshall Crenshaw, and Bryce was kind of just like... We're talking about this? Uh, <laughs> Bryce is like, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to do that, and I was like, okay, we won't do it, <laughs> that's fine.
0: You can say that for one of your other... Three bands, 50 bands. Yeah, whatever. right. <laughs> <laughs> the 50 bands that I'm in. No, he,
2: he,
1: he slays in his bands. Oh, but yeah. in this band, he's playing guitar. He's not playing
2: bass. Oh, cool. I'm real, trying not to play He's
1: <laughs> a real good, good, yeah, well, you know what? That's the thing, like.
2: We're, we're looking right now for our bass uh, bass player and our drummer. And uh so I'm trying not to play the bass. But if it comes down to it. I think I might sacrifice and just play the bass again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love playing the bass. Yeah. Yeah. I've played the bass for fucking seven years now and. And you're good at it. So, I, I mean, appreciate yeah, that. You're hella good at it. I've gotten better, but, uh, there's still lots to learn, but thank you
0: yeah, for sure, man. I, I think I, I wrote your, uh, a thing about you guys dude, when your last album, we rich hands when the last album came out and just listening to it, it, I think I said it in there, like it, it feels like you guys have been playing together for like 20 years because you guys are just so tight and yeah. it's just, I mean, it's just, uh, you're just good together and it sounds, you don't sound like a 28-year-old, you know? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, me and Cody and Nick worked really hard on that record. Uh, Cody especially poured our heart and soul and, and all the all the bass lines, I kind of had to like make them up on the spot, which was really, really cool, but also really shitty at the same time because working on the pressure... It's just you know there's two there's people who can work under pressure and people who can't work under pressure. Yeah, and I, I feel like I nailed it on that album, um, and it was a lot of fun working over there with Jimmy and uh, his brother Seth. Uh, bless his heart. Uh, Wasn't was an amazing experience. I, I feel like I grew a lot on that album compared to the two albums that Rich Hands made before that. Yeah,
0: we can hear it too. I mean, I, I've, I've liked you guys since the beginning, but you definitely have evolved your sound and a lot of your stuff reminded me of like 38 special but like contemporary uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah. i thought that was kind of cool to hear that type of you that know.
2: album to me is real bob seeger inspired yeah i can hear that too just night moves all the way man. <laughs> what do you like about bob seeger <laughs> i like everything about everything bob. right there's nothing not to like about i
1: bob love Seger. the see you know.
0: <laughs> What do you like, think of Metallica's cover of Turn to Page? <laughs> well, I'm sure my
2: dad likes it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. But, you know, it's rocking someone, you know. Jamie, yeah. what do you like? Do you do you
2: did you like that? <laughs> Jamie's on the she's mix. She threatened
1: that she's going to kill me. <laughs> she can she can uh chime in on this.
2: I mean, she can.
1: Yeah. She will later.
2: She's like, you know what I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, nothing by Metallica really is my. Oh, actually, Whoa. I take that back. Kill 'em all. <laughs> Kill 'em all. Solid. Yeah. Red delight. Yeah. Everything pretty up to good,
0: uh, Injustice for All. The first okay. four albums are pretty solid.
2: Kill 'em all is just like that when it comes in with that drum. Yeah. My- <laughs> can't even imitate that.
0: <laughs> Lars Ulrich, not that great of a
2: drummer.
1: Oh no, man, he gets the job done. He's no, he's he has solid. a flexible kind of time signature. You know, yeah, it's all hard. Well, they got old <laughs> yeah.
2: and they slowed down. So,
1: and you know, no, I think he's good. No, he's I don't good. think he's he's not my least favorite member of the band. <laughs> Who I is? Have, there's a there's a certain member of that band that er, that owns a certain piece of musical heritage, and I don't know why he has it. And I don't know if I should say more. Yes. I should. Yeah. If you want.
2: Yeah, let's hear it. I'm curious. I'm curious too. Kirk Hammond, I'm
1: calling you out. Oh shit. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Peter Green had the best touch. And your touch is just cool. You know, like why do you have that guitar, man? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. You you rule, all right. <laughs>
0: That's gonna be the headline of this coming. <laughs> he's coming. Uh, he's coming. <laughs> yeah next season. Yeah. He's responding. So, we're coming up on time. Uh is there anything you guys want to add any kind of plugs? Do you want to talk about your store some more? Yeah, let's uh, no. Uh, that was
1: that was a little Easter egg. Uh so Yellow Roses are a brand new band. We don't have anything officially released yet. So this is uh you was know, a little teaser for you guys. Uh follow us on Face shit at uh, whatever the fuck it is.
2: The Yellow Roses of Texas. That's us. I, I'm, I, I don't know if you guys are surprised, but I was surprised whenever I was, you know, searching the name. There was nobody. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is.
0: There's, no like bands, a, there's like a strip biker
2: club. There's like a biker gang <laughs> yeah. up in, like, Dallas, and I think it's a female bike, biker gang called the Yellow Roses.
1: We had to there. name our band in, like, ten minutes. Like, we, we have a band because we – I was recording his songs for like a year and I was thinking I'm going to put together like a Matthew record, you know, help him out putting out his own record. And
2: uh, and then we were just like, let's play a live show. Let's play some shows. Yeah, yeah. So
1: he booked something with
2: Nathan, Nathan Barrera and the Hot Springs. I say Barrera. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, great, great musician, great artist. And yeah, he had a night. And so we had to come up with a band name in like 10 minutes. And the Yellow Roses of Texas is like, that's not taken? Shit. All right. So, uh, you it's, know. Wh- it's a good one. We're the Yellow Roses I of Texas. We're not the Yellow Roses of Texas. No. We just no, it's just
2: do- the Yellow Roses.
1: Yeah. Let's but we are that. the yellowest roses of all time. Yes. You know, but we were going to be called like black velvet. were we going to be called. We're going to be called all these like these crazy fucking things. Oh, and, I have uh, no
2: idea. And we,
1: we're just like sending each other ideas and we just type them into Google and like, all right, man, it ain't taken. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're the yellow roses.
0: Yeah. Yellow roses it is. Nice. I think it's a good name. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a great name. Okay. I like it. And For his, sure.
1: uh, his girlfriend works in the floral department at HEB. So... We're going to be getting a whole bunch of yellow roses.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) And we just... uh, She's already making us a crown as we speak. Really? Yellow roses. No, not really.
1: (laughs) We should have worn that here (laughs) today. That would have been some theatricality.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. I asked her to. She said she will. All right, cool. I've already asked her, yeah.
1: Like, just for both of us or only you? For both of us. All right,
2: sure. And then we've got Zach here. Zach's a photographer. Yeah. yeah. Let's shoot some stuff.
1: get you, like, a lay... (laughs)
2: Michael, okay, cool. <laughs> do you want to talk about um, your recent sponsorships?
1: Oh, yeah, man, thank you. All right, so because this is an acoustic gig, I'm just playing this shitty fucking Martin HD 40 Marty Stewart, you know, nothing to write home about. But uh, if this was an electric gig, because I'm a very electric dude. <laughs> I'd be playing my Jimmy Wallace guitar and my Texas tone amplifier. The most Texas tone of all
0: F Time. Yeah. Maybe nice. for maybe for next season. We've talked about maybe expanding to like full band stuff next season. So yeah, cool. we'd love to have you guys back on. Um thank you guys for coming on and uh I'm really looking forward to the performance. Um uh, yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, gentlemen.
2: We're the yellow fucking roses, and this is a Tom Petty song.
3: Understand that she's my girl, she's my girl